You're listening to the audio-only version of Soundwriting Pedagogies. Visit ccdigitalpress.org soundwriting for the full web text version of the book. How did the use of audio change or affect the way that you engage with the Isla Vista community? Or, like, the use of audio, but also, like, this particular research project, how might it have changed the way you, like, view or engage with the Isla Vista community? Um, well, it definitely forced us to be more cognizant of everything that was going on, because when you're recording and you're trying to get useful stuff, you have to be, I mean more alert and more on top of things. But using audio in a place like Isla Vista, it's, it was really interesting because for one, the first assignment we had to do just to practice was just recording ambient sounds in IV. And just doing that was kind of like, it was really strange because we played it back and just the things you hear are just, they were so surprising. So we just sat at a corner with Pardal, just recording for like half an hour and listen to it and then it's just it really captures like everything that's going on and I never realized how how much audio can add to anything and especially I think um, NIV a community where most people travel around by foot or by bike you pick up a lot more stuff than you would say in like a downtown like Santa Barbara there's just cars everywhere so adding audio to IV where A you have people on their feet and B you, there's most of the time you have like you can hear music playing from somewhere at any given point in time um, having audio really just added to like the livelihood of our project and it again I think it really embodied what Ivy is and what everyone here um, is all about Um, can you tell me about the experience editing the audio? So this is kind of follow up. The experience editing that audio and and kind of like incorporating or, or using it um, in order to tell your history or like of that moment in time. Uh, so I mean the audio kind of provided a really cool component to it because I mean obviously we could have just gone out and asked a bunch of questions and just written up little articles or summaries of each band, which we did, but. Um, having having an audio component where you're actually hearing the people speak is just much more immersive. So if you put on headphones and you're listening to their music playing, and you're listening to them speak, and you're reading alongside, it's just a much more um, multifaceted experience, I guess. So that's what we really that was the like main aspect of using the audio and just that it created that much more of an immersive experience, and especially so with our um, topic, or our our people, like the bands, having audio in it, it really wouldn't have been the same without the audio. How did you use the audio um, to change or affect the way that you engaged with the Isla Vista community that you focused on? Um, I talked to them more personally and directly, I think, than I would have, the specific people I interviewed. Um, But you kind of just view... Someone did... One group did, I think, all bands, which me working at a radio station thought was, like, great, and I instantly was just like, "We, we should air this on our station and stuff. So it puts it in a... It almost puts you in a power position because you get to decide, like, what's important enough 
to document and who's important enough whose story do you want to know like everyone has a great interesting story but you start thinking of people as like um maybe more of like of what they're involved in like you think of them as the organizations they're involved in and what do you want to highlight or groups that they're categorized as like the houses community isn't really like a group like an organization is but you think of people more in that way and like what stories do you want to share i guess the sound kind of gives you that that project gives you that power i guess because when you hear a human's voice you're just like oh that's like you connect with it more mm-hmm. it sounds more real instead of just reading an article like we just skim through it and you're like whatever we're done um <laughs> With sound, you you have to take the time like just to listen to everything, um, and just like hear that person's voice, and like you could just hear the tones too, also plays a part in telling a story, and like for the police, we have like a certain perception mm-hmm. about them, but like if you hear their voice, then they're like laughing and just like you could hear that genuine, like within their what they're saying and stuff and how passionate they are, which you wouldn't if you read a quote online then or on paper you can't hear the same thing mm-hmm. or like feel feel or hear the same thing yeah. but when i think back to that assignment and when i was going around collecting uh audio and visual and just like newspapers going around from place to place it was almost like a holistic like fun day to like go around and like get reconnected with the community in the same sort of sense that you can like read statistics and brush past them because they're statistics and you see them all the time. If you go out and you talk to people, which I had to do, if you go out and interview people and like take photos, it's like not social contract, but you're making a connection. Um, that really made me feel like more part and like more proud to be a part of the community. There's a lot of things, I live on DP, so there's yeah. a lot of things that I have to complain about <laughs> um, when it comes to like noise, garbage, and uh, obnoxious neighbors. Yeah, I'm using obnoxious as a euphemism. <laughs> um, but a lot of that sort of like would melt away a little bit as I would like collect information or hear how people felt about the community and how attached they felt. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was like personally really health- healthy for me. I wasn't the one writing the text, mm-hmm. so when I actually got the text, I uh, read through it, and it's like, okay, this is fine. We're telling some what of a story here, but when I like put that in together with the audios as they like told me which ones matched to which, mm-hmm. it did in fact bring it to life, and it made it sound like more human um, and more relevant. To be honest, I think it adds a lot of character um, and almost warmth to the entire project. Uh, I definitely liked putting in audio; it was fun. it really makes it feel so much more real because we're flooded with advertisements all the time, Mm -hmm. just figures, numbers, whatever. And it becomes meaningless until you like put audio to it. And then it's like, oh, these are real people and this is really happening. And I actually, I can't just not care. Mm. It's weird. Hearing someone's voice makes it harder to not care. Yeah, isn't that interesting? There's some sort of connection that happens. I did not know the history of IV before this, mm-hmm. um, so this class forced like 
or encouraged us, <laughs> not <laughs> <That's> <laughs> encouraged us to um, like read about Alavesta, like what we thought was important mm-hmm. for other people to know, um, and just like because we live in this town and we usually just connect with other students and like and faculty on campus, but I think just made us more like aware of our surroundings and it's not just a student town it's also like all these other people play a part in the community. It really so the oral history project was super um vague which is nice um it gives people like a lot of like freedom to experiment and with Mm -hmm. that freedom you saw like a lot of different really good like articles people like So, like, the really, like, salient one is, like, the geography one that talked about how the bluffs were falling. Mm -hmm. But, like, some, like, the more, I want to say, what's the term? Heart jerking or, like, tear jerking. Tear jerkers. Tear jerkers were, like, the people who, like, (laughs) talk to the homeless people. Mm. So, I really like this assignment as a whole because it, like, let people go in and, like, explore the community uh, because we're constantly in classes. And maybe, like me, we get involved with stuff that doesn't really, like, let us connect with our community as much. So, I really liked it for that. What were some of your goals of what you wanted to kind of, like you did the project that you care about, so what were some of your goals for the end product? Um, I guess super initially was to break any stereotypes that most people honestly have about that population. Um, Partly because one of the first things that was said was that was a group to not choose. And that's kind of my style. I don't know, I usually like do the assignment differently. Um, and so I asked Josh and I explained to him like that I do work in it so it's not going to be just like a stranger going up um, and getting whatever reaction happens and so I wanted to break any stereotypes and then I wanted to kind of share their stories uh, through we didn't have time to interview as many people as I'd like but through people who are in the service of those people so who serve the underserved basically because um, both of them are not actually houseless people, but they've just spent forever working in that. Um, and working in that specifically in Isla Vista and Santa Barbara. So they're, like, hyper-knowledgeable about that. Well, first we were deciding, like, what group to do um, and bounced around some ideas, but pretty quickly we're satisfied with this one. Um, And then it was, like, scheduling people in the same place, which is always, I think, the hardest task of any project ever. Um, And we didn't actually manage to get anyone else to be able to meet me to interview them, um, which was unfortunate. But uh, everyone else kind of helped with the back end of things, like transcribing and all the editing after and getting it onto the website. And then it was just set up a meeting with the two people I wanted to interview. And I interviewed them actually on the same day because Father John actually works in the lofts and Jennifer lives there. So it wasn't like too difficult to get them uh, at the same time at the same place for once. And they were pretty open to the idea. They have, Father John's been, he's on, if you look him up, he's on YouTube. They've been interviewed for things. They're not too shy about um, doing that. So we interviewed them. And I got all the files on, I used like Audacity on my laptop, 
and then I brought it back to my group and we like spread them out broke them up into they had to be like a certain size which was one of the probably larger limitations of this project is having the file size have to be so small I think it was like 50 megabytes or something so like the interview would be broken into almost just questions it wasn't even like a certain amount of I mean it wouldn't make sense to do time it was just like one question um so we broke them up and then spread the pieces between the group members and transcribed it and put it up and uh then someone did metadata for them that was pretty much the gist of that Um, I actually interviewed Jennifer in her home, so that was already, like, different, and it was, like, very, like, she was very welcoming, and it was very, like, laid back, because it was just in her home on her couch, um, in the structure that was literally built to alleviate the problem that they were talking to me about, so it was very, like, this is kind of surreal, and, like, like, it's just simple, it's in someone's house, but it actually, like, it's not just a house to any of the people living there um it is to me but not to them and just like thinking about those little things and like uh you could hear like she told me about she's a social worker so she told me about like her journey to getting there so you can kind of hear all these things in her voice like the different painful events that they've gone through like father john had he talks about he has a wall in his office that's all just people who have died on the street and so like you can hear sort of like the sadness in his voice over that or different things like I find that pretty interesting and I don't know that you'd focus on it if it was just like a video. And so but you work at the radio station so can you tell me about like your kind of like impression going into this project given kind of like your experience and your interests? So I think with that it's like I initially already highly value sound. I think music is, like, awesome. And I think I'm a, I'm the promoter there, so I, like, love live music, to be specific. I think that's something people should regularly be involved in, either making or doing or listening or writing about or, like... So I already highly valued sound, and I already value, like, the whole thing I'm saying about just paying attention to just noise because noise alone can tell a like whole story and set an entire mood and tone um just by itself without like pictures or words or like a person in front of you even like you don't have to have the band in front of you to create the mood or anything either although that's great (laughs) that's my favorite thing to do but um so I think I sort of was like oh we get to do something that's not writing that's cool but it's at the same time completely related which I see as well because the shows that I also have on the air are public affairs so I write a script anyway like I do both for it I like a lot of what I do is sound and writing um and I guess most people kind of didn't before this was maybe their first exposure to it so so can you talk to me a little bit like about that What do you think is, like, that relationship between sound and writing? Um, That's, like, a super hard question, but, like, (laughs) go. Writing tends to precede a lot of sound, maybe? 
Uh, like you'll write a speech before you give it. I write. I usually write my shows before I have them. Or um, like I had a science show, and that one was much more prepared. And then I had a music news show, and that one was still prepared though. Like I'd write points I wanted to make, though maybe not as explicitly, because in the science show I wanted to be very clear, and like the point of that was education. Um, and the music one was more about culture, so. I guess writing tends to precede a lot of sound, and then even musicians, like, not all of them, but, like, they used to write the music before they performed it, so it precedes a lot of sound. That's, like, the first thing I thought of when you asked that. Um, I think that they could play off each other very well, though, because, uh, like, one thing, I like radio, so NPR is great because it is very multimedia. They have a transcript, but it's not exact, um, and they have the they always have the audio file, and then they'll always have a photo or like artwork. That's so it's very multimedia, and it really enhances their storytelling ability. I feel like that's what kind of sets them apart from other things is that they are good at telling a story and you secretly learn a thing and I think that's what I always set out to do on air too is like I want I like secretly teaching people things so they can't really do one without the other they can't like not have the written thing and they can't not have the audio or even the artwork or whatever I think they all work very well together so but Having anything separate has you focus on it alone. So I think that was what was interesting about our specific project, too. What were the steps or what was your main process for completing it? Um, so, well, first we had to settle on what group we are going to do. And once we had locked it down to uh, <clears throat> local bands, we had to find which local bands were actually still in Santa Barbara because it turned out a lot had graduated that past June. And since it was a summer quarter, we had to figure that out. And once we figured out which bands were still around, well, before that, we figured out what questions we wanted to ask. And we came up with a list of like 20 questions that we would ask the band members and... And then once we'd settled on our list of questions, we kept the same questions for each band, and then we reached out to each band through Facebook. And once we got replies, we set up meetings with them, and a couple were at their practices. So we had to go, and it was pretty cool. We got to like listen in on their practices. And then basically just talk to them and like have a conversation while they were practicing. So that was really cool. But the transcription afterwards... It's horrible. <laughs> There's music and just transcription in general. It's not fun. And then uh, after after that, yeah, we we re- recorded just or we got we either recorded or we had them send us like a file of their songs or like one of their songs that we then spliced in with our interview with them, and then we put it all up on the website with the transcriptions and kind of just tried to create a cohesive portrait of the current scene, circa summer 2015. Can you just tell me about the project? What did you do? So first it was the project, and from there we had to think of kind of a theme to go for. So our theme was music of IV, and so it kind of had to capture 
some part of like an IV custom or an IV experience kind of. So what we did was we had to get an interview with a few bands. I knew a band called Sundays and then a couple other of my teammates knew bands. I think I'm personally interested in music a lot. And so I think that kind of had to do with it. And also because my roommate was in a band, I thought that music's such a big part of IV and we go, they have concerts on the weekends. I mean, they do stuff in the hub. Um, they have like IV band battles and stuff like that. So I thought it was such a big part of like the culture in IV that I want to kind of encapture that. Um, we thought we were just going to do purely just social, like, clippings from the web and just, like, content from the web. But uh -huh. then we went to office hours with um, Professor Fancher, and she said that it would be pretty cool if we interview the cops. Um, so our project was about, like, what the cops thought about Isla Vista and, like, hearing their voices instead of just the students. Because we see a lot on social media where students just complain or, like, say good yeah. things about the cop. So we wanted to hear their side. And then, so we thought that interviewing them would give them more of, like, like so hearing someone's voice to give them more, like, their char own character and just, like, more personal, like, it's more personal. Mm -hmm. um, and then our website was basically focused on oral, his um, all audio. So we had, like, different pictures of the police and then mm -hmm. um, people could just click on them and see, like, what they have to hear for each of the questions. Uh, and then... It was a good experience. Um, I, we all basically learned how to use all the softwares last quarter, so it took a lot of time <laughs> to figure out like Adobe Premiere and um, Adobe Muse. Mm. But in the end, it turned out okay. Like it was a functional website. Well, it's super, it's super diverse. There's a lot going on here. A lot of our deputies, some of them are younger, so they can kind of communicate with people their age. Uh, working out in the community outside of IV, it's a totally different beast. It, it's completely different. Um, it's a very unique place here, and I think it's fun for a lot of them, quite honestly. They get to just kind of, they're, they're exposed to so many different things. It's fast-paced. Um, IV makes up a, a, it, it has its own frequency on the weekends pretty much because it's such a high volume, value of calls here that uh, volume of calls here that that we can't have it tied in with other parts of the station. So it, it's just any given day you can do any any different thing here and I think for our up and coming deputies it's, it's something that they should probably all do because you are exposed to a lot you get to see a lot of different perspectives like again it's so unique in working with the minds of the university slash the students of the university and then having to deal with what we normally deal with is just community members jumbling all of those things into one pot you, you're going to be better for it you're definitely not going to be bored. I don't ever remember being bored out here. And I think that's part of the excitement and why they want to come out here because in some 
we're, we're a county agency, so in some parts of the county, you're kind of stuck with what you get. Over here, you might have a lot of money, you might not have a lot of money, you might have one race or nationality here, you might, but here, anything under the sun. One day, I might be sitting here talking to you as an officer, next I might be giving a presentation, next I might be chasing a bad guy through the streets doing Lord knows what, um, or a shrieker. <laughs> or, you know, so it's, uh, it's I think they um, I think they volunteer to come to this department or this uh, substation because it's fun. It's a lot of activity in their world. I've had pretty nothing but positive dealings with the community at this point. I've had an opportunity to to meet with the actual residents and business owners and different people of IV and speak about their concerns. Um, I know the community is ready for a change. That was apparent by Deltopia and Halloween. I know they're ready to jump on um, the bandwagon, so to speak, and support law enforcement in our efforts. However, they are there are concerns about some of the things that law enforcement does. So in that, we've been able to work out um, meeting times where we can discuss some of the community issues, whether it pertains to Latino, Latino community, black community, or any other community, any portion of the community here in IV. Uh, we've been able to sit down and talk about these things. Um, but I can't say anything negative at this point. Again, I have a newly appointed position in my job at this point. It's just to hear people's concerns and then relay that and see how me and my the upper grass can figure out some of these problems, uh, some of these community issues. I wasn't here for the shootings. I worked in Carpinteria. I was here the night of the shootings, and I I had to stay behind in Carpinteria to take care of that place. But um, there was a change. There was there was this overwhelming. Um, um, presence of support and it seems recently that that just dropped off the face of the earth so I don't know, I, I think media has a uh, media has played a big role in the way people are perceiving cops and what we do nowadays but again I can speak for the Sheriff's Department and UCPD and all the law enforcement at the end of the day we're just trying to protect people even if we got to protect them from themselves that's what we're going to do and that sometimes people can perceive that as us being the big brother or daddy telling people you can't have fun but I assure you if there's a law or a rule there's a reason for it um, so I say to the community members that may not uh, understand what we do um, or you know at least give us the benefit of the doubt and the confidence to know that we're out here trying to do the best we can by them but as far as negative interactions at this point I haven't had too many 